<clears throat> well, Rodney wanted me to introduce my son. Um, some people, I've met a couple of new, couple, new couples in the church, and they thought I only had one kid, and it was Avery. And I'm like, no, that big one's over there. That one's mine, too. <laughs> the big one over there is mine, too. Um, Riley and I, for um, the first five years before we had Avery, it was mainly me and Riley by ourselves. Um, Roy was deploying a lot. He, September 11th happened when he was uh, seven months old. And Roy's, um, he was in Ranger Regiment. They were the first people to go. And so um, it was me and Riley for the first six months. I got to see all that, that first year, whatever, by myself. His first Christmas, his first birthday, his first steps. I got to see all that stuff, um, just me and him. And um, anyway, there's a special bond between a mother and her son. And so I will not be able to talk about it because I'll start bawling. But I want to say Roy and I are extremely blessed to have two beautiful children who are beautiful inside and out. Um, they love Jesus and exude Jesus um, more than we do. And I'm, I'm getting permission from him to say this after the fact, but whatever. Um, <laughs> But they love the Lord. They love the Lord. And if I could say anything, if I could do anything as a parent, anything as a parent, my, as long as they love Jesus, I have been successful. And so my kids love the Lord. And um, Riley is, he's doing something. My grandmother was a preacher. So Riley is the first male preacher, <laughs> pastor, um, in our family lineage on both sides. And so we are so proud of him, and we know that um, he hears from the Lord, and he's got a good word for us tonight. So, Father, bless him. Bless my son, Lord. Bless him and keep him. Make your face shine upon him, Lord. God, his steps, God, every single step, Lord. God, every single step, every decision, Lord. God, every decision, God. Let him not look left or right. Let him keep his eyes straight fixed on you. Lord, you are beautiful. You are beautiful, Lord. And Lord, the promises and the callings that you have placed on both of my children's life, let the enemy not steal it. Any work of the enemy that is playing right now, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Let them walk in the calling with confidence, Lord. Let them be confident in you, Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Um, so this is my first time speaking in front of everybody. So I wanted, as they just honored me, I wanted to honor my parents and uh, just praise God for them because they've made me a hard worker. They've made me loving. They've made me a strong person. And uh, they've helped me grow closer to God. And even through thick or thin, they're there for me. And I mean, right now we're in the thick of it with uh, being down two vehicles. So my dad's definitely biting the bullet for me and I'm getting off in a luxury vehicle driving to college every day with heated butt warmer and everything going to, going to PT and this week he's about to start running the PT in the cold and of course it would get cold this week so uh, yeah I just wanted to honor them they uh, have definitely uh, laid the foundation for what I want to be one day when I have children and a family 
uh, I definitely, like my dad, want to give it all for them and uh, be like him in that way. Uh, so I got to flip some pages because my dad said to use the word and I definitely will be jumping around a lot. I'll mainly be speaking out of Galatians. I'm gonna jump to Genesis, I'm gonna jump to John and Romans. So I'm gonna be all over the place and Isaiah. But uh, first I wanna say uh, in our church, I rebuke a spirit of offense. Um, Galatians 5.15 says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And right here it's Paul talking to the church of Galatia. And uh, the background on that is he's writing a letter to him and Cephas of Antioch is there and some other Jews have come to the church and they have drawn the line with uh, requiring the Gentiles to be circumcised and they've begun to divide and Paul is calling them out on it saying they are trying to satisfy the law and obtain righteousness when righteousness can only be obtained by faith in Christ. So Paul is calling them out on that. And uh, so that was verse 15. Verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So um, rebuking a spirit of offense. Um, sometimes pride can get in the way in our church. You know, obviously some of us do more than others in the church. And uh, some of us carry more weight. Um, for me, sometimes pride gets in the way, like at ROTC. Like, uh, obviously, I drive an hour to school every day. I um, have to wake up earlier than everybody. Um, I have a pretty decent PT score. My, I have the hardest major at Auburn, and I don't even want to be a vet, technically. But I'm still on a medical track taking some of the hardest classes at Auburn. And we have guys that get to go take a nap after PT, come to class later, late, and I'm like, what are you doing? You have no excuse, right? And uh, sometimes pride would get in the way with that. And uh, as I've been put in leadership roles at ROTC, sometimes I'll look at somebody and go, I'm doing all this, and you can't even do this one little thing. And so, like in the church, sometimes that can get in the way of uh, loving one another. And uh, that, that'll divide the church. As Paul says, if you bite and devour, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. Um, so yeah, definitely a pride issue for me at ROTC sometimes. I've definitely handled that. Um, uh, continuing on with uh, what verse I'm gonna read. Uh, talking about how some do more and some do less. It doesn't matter how much you do or how little you do, God doesn't show favoritism. Galatians 2.6, and then I'm not going to read the whole verse, but it says God shows no favoritism. Um, so have no pride. Um, don't look at your neighbor and judge according to the flesh. Judge according to the word and don't care about method. Um, so talking about method, um, the point I was going to make there was uh, sometimes we'll argue over the little things that aren't essential to our faith but the things that we need to grip onto is the gospel. And that's what we all relate to and that's what brings us all together. So if we let non-essential things divide us, which we can see that every day, there's like 20 different denominations, right? And we can't even do like a conference with youth because people argue over the little things instead of the big things, right? So don't let a non-essential in our faith be what divides the church. 
Don't let it be what divides you from the body. Don't, be, don't let it be the reason you can't go sit by somebody in church or listen to a cer- certain person speak, right? Don't let that be the division here. Um, so I got to see what verse this. Galatians chapter 6, uh, 1 through 10, if you want to put it up. I'm going to stay here for a little bit. Um, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Um, I think that uh, should be emphasized, to gently part. That is very important. And then it says, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Um, I really like that part. Watch yourself, or you might be tempted. Because that reminds me of um, Genesis chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through 7. It's the story of Cain and Abel. And if you don't know, uh, Cain and Abel were brothers, sons of Adam and Eve. Cain worked the field, and Abel worked uh, at livestock. And they both, they both make sacrifices to God. Abel bringing, um, bringing the firstborn of his flock, and Cain bringing the first of his uh, what he grew in the field. And God was pleased with Abel, but he was not pleased with Cain. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And so, talking about, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted when it says restore that person gently. Obviously, when you see a brother and sister mess up, you can go at them real harshly, right? Because you know what's right, and you think you, like, you might even think they know what's right, but you might just want to dig into them and be like, hey, why did you do that? But that's not what God calls us to. It says to go about it gently, and, you know, you want to be uplifting and life-giving, so if somebody, like, offends you in the church, you, you don't want to go in and chew into them and give in to that temptation of the flesh wanting to, you know, reach out and get them, right? You want to take a step back and be able to um, help them and speak life into them and be uplifting. Um, so dealing with that pride in ROTC, uh, a big important thing is having community that helps you and uplifts you and goes about helping you gently, right? So obviously I'm in a small group here at the church and one of the guys was also dealing kind of with the same thing, like a pride issue, like I'm doing all this, but you can't even do this little thing and you have way more freedom, you even live here, you know? So we were both dealing with that. Well, one morning he called me like at five in the morning and was like, hey, let's just pray about it. You know, he, he came at me gently about the situation. I was like, hey, let's just pray about what we're dealing with. So we prayed about it. We talked about it. We were like, we're going to do better today. We're going to address those we know and do better today. And so we prayed about it. I go to PT, and then we go to lab that afternoon, and one of the guys there at PT was wearing cargo shorts and a belt with his Army shirt. So if you don't know, you don't mix your uniform with anything. And I am my father's son, so <laughs> when it comes to regulations, and I know somebody knows the regulation, I just want to pop off and be like, come on, you, you know. So I, in the past, had dug into that kid and was like, hey, we've told you a thousand times. But that day, I went about it completely different, and he showed up to PT the next day in the right stuff, finally stopped wearing khaki shorts to PT, 
army PT. And so, but I remembered in that moment when I saw him that day, I was like, we prayed about it this morning. I need to take a step back and handle it differently. And so me having a brother in Christ be like, hey, let's, let's do this and be better. That would, allowed me to be able to later reflect on that and do better. So that goes with verse 2. Carry each other's burdens, and then this, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And 100%, that was what uh, happened in that. i got to flip to Galatians because I only wrote down the first two. And then continuing on reading that. Uh, If anyone thinks they are something they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. So going into what I've been talking about, don't compare because comparing gets in the way of love. And everyone has their, right after that says, for each one should carry their own load. Verse 5, for each one should carry their own load. That's a big deal, right? Everyone should carry their own load. Everyone has a different load. Your load may be way heavier than the guy sitting beside you. Like me at RTC, I feel like my load's heavier every day. I I go do a ruck march, come in first or second, whatever, and then I go to biochem or whatever, and I'm dying, just swamped. I'm like, this schoolwork is ridiculous. My teacher just bashed me for 20 minutes for getting a D on the test. I'm like, what is going on? And I look at this guy, and he's a history major, and he's got all A's, and he goes out and parties every night. And I'm just like, man, what, what did I do different, you know? And, uh, but you got to understand, your load's different than others. So you can't look at other people in the church and go, hey, what the crap, you know? Because Rodney's load is different than Caleb's load, and Caleb's load's different than my load, you know? And, like, my load's different than my dad's load. He's the head of my household and, you know, all that. I'm definitely not the head of my household, nor close. He is, I wouldn't even say I'm strong enough to be the head of my household. It would take a lot to round us up, you know? So, uh... Continuing uh, verse 6, Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. And uh, a point I was going to make there is if, let's say you do see a brother in Christ doing something wrong, and you go up to him and you're like, hey, you need to fix this, right? And they don't fix it. And it just keeps going and going and going or whatever. Well, I mean, in the church, eventually they need to be addressed. But outside the church, you know, nothing goes unseen by God. So what they reap is what they'll sow. So don't, don't let that be the stumbling block that keeps you from moving forward because you can't get over how they're getting away with everything. You can't do that. Um. Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So I think another good point to make there, verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. Um, A lot of times 
or I would say like for me, stuff gets hard, you know, like you get tired, you get little sleep because you got four exams on the same day and you can't request to change it because you got ROTC that weekend and all that. You know, I'll get tired and want to take the easy way, but I understand that I can't and I got to find rest where I can, you know? And sometimes doing good might seem like it's too hard when you can see other people not doing good and you're like, man, I could just sit in the back today and not help usher or whatever, you know? We all have, <clears throat> we all have to keep pushing for the kingdom. So moving on from that, the second thing uh, I rebuke is any misconception of the gospel. So I listen to Matt Chandler a lot, if you know who that is, from the Village Church. I love his teaching because it is very in-depth with the Bible, and it's, it's very good. The whole 99% of the time, he's just preaching the gospel from a different angle. That's literally all he does. And he gets real in-depth with it or whatever. But last, last week, I was in the car riding to school, and this is why I treasure my drives to the school. It's because I listen to sermons and worship music, but I was listening to Matt Chandler talk, and he was just giving the testimony of one of the people at their church. And basically, it was this girl who in college had an abortion right before she went to college, and she was living with that shame and that guilt of doing that thing, because she, she didn't want to do it, and she knew it was wrong. Well, she had been living with that. She came to their church. She had been sitting in the pews for years, and she was just dealing with the guilt and the shame. And when Matt Chandler would give the gospel, she would be like, I, it's, I sin too much. My shame's not going to go away. My guilt's still here. Like she, It had formed a stronghold between her and the cross. And uh, he was giving her testimony, and he was just talking about how the week before it all like changed, and she got baptized, and she gave her testimony. And uh, one of the things Matt Chandler says all the time is the gospel is not just for unbelievers, but for believers. And he talks about a lot of times he has people in his church that, and she was a believer, like even when she had the abortion. He talks about how some people in the church, raised in the church, have gone to church their whole lives. After years and years and years, he'll preach the gospel again, like on Easter or something, and all of a sudden they're like, I never knew all these things, right? Like, they're like, I was always a good person. I always did this, but I didn't, I was still dealing with all this stuff, and it was still in the way. <clears throat> and uh, he just always makes that point, and it's a very important point that it's not just for unbelievers, but for us, because we need it every day, and we need to continually be reminded of it. And when I was listening to that sermon, I heard about the girl having the abortion, I was like, what a heavy thing to have guilt and shame for. Like, I, I, I was crying in the car over that, and I was like, this ain't even my testimony, you know? Like, this is a church in Texas. I don't even know this person. And I was crying in the car on the way to school. And uh, I don't know. It was, it was a really strong testimony to hear because sometimes for me, I feel like I'll be striving towards trying to be a better Christian and I'll fall short of the goals that I set for myself and I will have guilt for trying to be better and I'll have shame for trying to be better but I've, I shouldn't have that. That's right. That's right. Amen. 
So listen to Matt Chandler talk all the time and him giving the gospel. One of the big points he makes is he talks about shame and guilt, how it has no hold and you can't dwell on it. So one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and I read it when I, last Easter, Isaiah chapter 6. <clears throat> I didn't tell Lisa about this one. It's okay. But um, basically, Isaiah is he sees the Lord high and exalted, there's cherubim above him, flying, and the whole temple's full of his glory. And when Isaiah sees him, he's like, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Basically, saying he's a sinner. And one of the cherubim fly down with a live coal in their hand and uh, touch his lips and then says, see, your sin is atoned for and your guilt is taken. And I always quote, my, my guilt is taken and my sin is atoned for. Because even in the moment of me falling short, I can release that guilt and that shame of not making it to the goal. Because it, do, it doesn't matter. I don't have to earn his love. It's already there. And he's proud of me no matter what I do. It doesn't, really doesn't matter. So, I always quote that. And I, I first read that last Easter when Caleb asked me to be in a small group. And they were like, hey, we're going to fast and we're going to read the whole Bible in 40 days. Well, I didn't read the whole Bible in 40 days, but I read the whole Old Testament and got pretty close to reading the whole Bible. Because I knew I was also going to get ordained. I was like, I've read most of the Bible. Let me finish the few books I hadn't. So, I know, that's funny. What a... What a <laughs> What an ironic goal to have when you're about to get ordained. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should lay eyes on every verse. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I have none in that one. None in that one. <laughs> yeah, if he calls me to stay on one passage, I mean that's where I'm at. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, so. I'm going to go through the gospel just to back up. You know, it's not just for unbelievers, but for us. Uh, Genesis 1-1, I'm not going to go super in-depth. I know I just started Genesis 1-1, but um, that's just for the start of what I wrote down. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created us in his image, and he loves us. Sin entered the world and separated us from God. We are trapped under the law and in sin, for the penalty of sin is death. Um, for, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then the verse reads, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And that's Romans chapter 3, 23 through 24. And then um, talking about Jesus, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And I'm trying to get I'm trying to get to John 316. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians again. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, So have faith and live by truth of the gospel and believe in him. And don't believe lies. If you don't have to do, don't believe lies like you have to do it alone. You're never alone. He's always with you and he's fighting for you. And don't beat yourself up. You can't earn his love and no matter how bad you think you're doing, he's still standing there with open arms to love on you. And then my third point, don't hold on to guilt and shame. A lot of times as I'm going through the day, I'll, I already spoke on this. A lot of times when I'm going through the day, I'll focus on sin. I spoke on that already. Um, God doesn't call us to dwell on sin, but whatever is true, pure, right, excellent, and praiseworthy. And within our church, we should focus on those things too and celebrate others. And then, uh, in closing, the gospel is not just for unbelievers, but for believers. And we should hold tight to the faith and love each other's, and love each other as ourselves, fulfilling the entire law. And then, I think it's Galatians 5.14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. And then I'm going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, Lord, and thank you for this time to be able to come together and worship you and to discuss your word, God. Lord, thank you for um, dying on the cross, Lord, and paying the price for our sin, Lord, and taking our guilt and our shame in every moment, past, present, and future, Lord. Thank you for how your love covers all and how it brings us together and brings this body together, Lord. Lord, uh, we thank you for this time, Lord, and we love you. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. My first sermon, I had 10 pages of notes, and it took me five minutes. <laughs> and I was through, and it was like, oh, what do we do now? I just sat down, let the preacher clear, and need to clean it up. Great job. I think it's, I think it's so important that we, that we listen, you know, and I know we're, we're all happy and excited for Riley and what God's going to do in his life. But don't let that, don't miss the message. I think it's so important of what all of us have been sharing, not just me, but to pay attention to what's going on in the house. To pay attention to what's going on in the house. Not to be offended, not to walk in offense, and, and to guard what's been entrusted to you. There's just so many scriptures. And I just think, as I know it's just the Father, as, he, as, you know, as, as Riley was studying and sharing, that, um, you know, don't let pride get in there. Just pay attention. I think is a, is a good word for overall. Pay attention.
to what's going on. And don't let the enemy, don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't, don't crack the door because he'll ram his old head in there. And um, so just pay attention. And I want to give a shout out to Caleb for he's been pouring into Riley for the last few years. And, um, and Caleb, I appreciate you. I love you. And um, thank you for um, that row right there. You're pouring into them and, um, and you're teaching them the word of God, you and Ani. And um, Ani, you're not having a baby, are you? You're just stretching. Not yet. She's back there against the wall. But I just want to tell you and Ani, thank you for loving our kids and our young adults and our kids. And, um, but pouring into them weekly and loving on them and teaching them the Word of God, it's, it, it's very evident, and I appreciate you all very much. So pay attention to what's going on. Don't give the enemy any room to, to allow things in your life. So thank you, brother. Good, good word, good word. Well, amen. Thank you. I think Katie headed, headed up the um, thing tonight, but Kathy and, and all those working and Buck and everybody else, everybody else who had a hand in the food tonight, it was awesome. And thank you all for your hard work. And um, go, amen. Go out and make a difference in somebody's life this week. Show the love of Christ. You know, if you have to bite your tongue, just bite your tongue. It's okay. Don't say it. And just love on people and make a difference in somebody's life. And um, so, yeah, amen. Stand together. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, Father, for us to pay attention. Don't allow pride to rise up. We all have different loads. We all have different um, responsibilities. Lord, you said the body is made up of all kind of members. And Lord, every member is important. Every member is important. Don't forget that. You say, well, I don't do, I'm not involved. Listen, you're important to this house. You may not do anything that you think, but just you walking in that door and me seeing you strengthens my faith. So don't let the enemy say that just because at this season of your life you're not able or you're not doing anything far as you think in the kingdom, far as well, I'm talking about work around the church, okay? I just feel this strong in my spirit. I want you to know you're important to this house. And it's not based on what you do. It's based on who you are. And I want you to know that. We don't look at you differently because you don't hold a responsibility. Like I said, walking in that door when I see you blesses my spirit. And I just want that to sink in a minute. I'm going to probably get in trouble for this, but it's okay. She'll get over it because she loves me. But far as I know, Renee doesn't hold any job at this church, do you, Renee? Nene, you don't have any job, do you? Yet. 
But Renee and I go long way, kindergarten, second grade, Eladonia School. We've known each other. Gail, I ain't talking to you. Yeah. We go way back. And when I pulled up this morning, she's not able to be here every Sunday. She's, there's other responsibilities. I understand that. But when I pulled up this morning, I saw her sitting in her car. And it just blessed my spirit. It just blessed my spirit. There's old, we call her Nay-Nay. Y'all call her, well, I call her Nay-Nay. And she got all kind of names. But that's just a prime example. She built my faith this morning just by seeing her. And she's been a friend of mine for 10 years. <laughs> since the second grade. Ain't God good. So don't, don't allow the enemy to say that I'm not significant. Because you are significant. You don't know what you do to me when, you, when I see your face. And how it strengthens me. And if that's all you ever do, hallelujah. Because yes. I needed that this morning. I needed to see Renee. Amen. So you're significant in the kingdom. So Father, thank you for our time. Thank you for a good word. Thank you for Riley's study. And what, Lord, I just look forward to the days ahead where you're going to use him mightily in the kingdom. And his heart is so tender and pure. And I pray blessings upon him. I thank you for these young people all over. And Lord, how you're pouring into them and how they're hearing the word of God through Caleb and Ani and, um, and through others that speak into them in their small groups. So we just thank you. Lord, keep, keep it up, Father. Keep it up. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love on Riley before you leave. God bless you.